It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And Colin, tonight is National Championship evening. By the time this is hitting your eardrums, there will be a college football national champion. There sure will. We got the Horned Frogs. We got the Bulldogs. Just as everybody expected, um, you know, TCU went all the way. Uh, you of knew course. It. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, we, we, we go back. Go back to right before the season started. I think we both predicted this. Yeah, we absolutely did. And so. Uh, There's not we, a clip of me saying that Max Duggan is the worst quarterback in college football. That uh, doesn't exist. You, you can edit that out. <laughs> in post you know just go back and scrub that and... yeah it's like, where'd that episode go why is it five seconds shorter now but the okay the national championship game is tonight but that's not the reason that we are here tonight we are here for a very special reason and that is because last week we started positional rankings 2.0 with the quarterbacks which can only mean that this is positional rankings number two running backs i i am so excited because we get to talk about the best player in the draft and we sure do (laughs) that means it's a it's a special day yeah i don't think uh if if i had to wager anything i would say that Bijan not uh, changing from our summer rankings of being the number one running back is a pretty safe bet, and I'd be willing to put many dollars on that. But everything else, man, I don't know about you, but there may have been some surprises, and we're about to jump into all that. Yeah, there, there's definitely been a lot of changes. Some guys that might have not even gotten mentioned in our preseason rankings that have made their way either in our top fives or right near our top fives. For sure. And one name that I got to say this because it literally happened today, hours before we started recording this, Blake Corum announced that he is going back to Michigan. So this was a player that we, we didn't really talk a ton about him during the season. He was having a phenomenal year, Heisman worthy season, but we kind of neglected him a little bit. And when Caleb came on, he kind of gave us a little shit over that because he's a big Corum fan. But now on the eve of speaking about him, because, spoiler, he was going to be in my top five, he has now announced that he is going back to school and shakes up the, the draft class a little bit here. Yeah, so he had the meniscus injury, and they're always finicky with the healing time on those, and he had a pretty real tear in that meniscus, and he got it repaired, which takes longer. Sometimes you get it trimmed and you can come back sooner. So that's around a six-month recovery process. So that that puts him in a pretty bad spot when you're talking about NFL draft, training camp, and all that. You're you're setting yourself back. And Corum, I mean, he could earn himself some money in college football and then come out next year in not as deep of a class as we're going to talk about today. And he can uh, make a splash next year just, just as well. Yeah, and it's a great point. I mean, the injury certainly factors in here, I'm sure, but also the fact that there is NIL, and we're going to see this. I mean, there are names that come, more names that are coming back, um, and you got to think part of that is they can make a little bit of money. They're not, you know, they're not putting themselves quite as much at risk, and then obviously hoping that uh, Blake can have a, a healthy season next year, put his name in next year's class, and be uh, a, a pretty high draft pick i think he would have been in this class and like you said this one's loaded so let's talk about it we we got top fives but we're also going to do honorable mentions at the end and that may be a fairly robust portion of the conversation because i don't know about you but i had uh nine running backs with a third round or higher grade thus far yeah i i have eight so we're in a similar boat there where it's like, man, this this draft class is stupid. Where we're to the point it's it's getting too deep for its own good almost. 
Yeah. Like there's Blake's just <laughs> He's like, you guys can fight over that. You know, I'm not I'm just gonna take myself out of that because it's getting a little bit too weird up in here. Yeah, <laughs> so. which six running backs are gonna go in the second round? I'm gonna sit this one out and just come out in twenty twenty four. Exactly. You know, Charbonnet hasn't officially declared either. He might come back as a fifth year senior with that oh, extra God. COVID. <laughs> please, extra please COVID no, year. don't say that. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. <laughs> All right. Let's start it off, man. Give me your number five running back. My number five running back is Zach Evans. Uh, my strengths for Evans are power, our pace and is the downhill nature of his game because Zach Evans, I I mean, when you watch this guy play, gets the handoff and he is coming, and he, he's gonna he's gonna come put a lick on somebody if you're gonna get in his way too. I mean, we we talked about him I think on highlight of the year we gave him on the campies, or he was a, a nominee for highlight of the year where he trucked over two guys on the sideline i mean zach evans he's he's talented he's got a second gear uh and he he was in both of our preseason top fives and now we're we're looking at him and he's still top five for sure uh but a little lower for me now than he was in the preseason yeah i mean this was my number three running back in the summer um lot fair bit of projection just super athletic guy and playing at tcu limited snaps dealt with some injuries well we fast forward here we look at what happened with ole miss we were very excited about it playing in the sec higher level of competition what would it look like for zach evans and in a lot of ways it looked fairly similar and what that was was that this guy is an extreme athlete he is just he is going to light up the combine no doubt about it he's going to test off the charts he's got a deep bag of tricks he's got moves that he's got the power move he's got a killer stiff arm for a, for a bigger guy that has a little bit of juice he's got some really explosive moves in the open field juke moves things like that making guys miss i mean he can go all the way into it to make people miss uh, in the open field. So you pair that with his athletic traits. Yeah, this guy, you might be talking about an RB1 in some cases. For me, he's RB4. Okay. I dropped him one spot because what I saw this year, two things really stood out to me as being a little bit concerning with Zach. Number one for me was patience. He's a little bit of a reckless runner. And I think, I think what that is, is that he is so athletic and he can get away with it in a lot of cases where he doesn't really, he doesn't wait for things to set up in front of him. He's just going to hit it. And that it works for him. Sometimes when there's a hole to hit, it's there. His speed will carry him 20 yards down the field. When it's not quite there, he's running into the back alignment. He's losing his balance because he's trying to run through contact at 100 miles an hour. So there's a little bit of that that needs to be cleaned up in his game. Uh, And then the other thing, which is something that we talked about earlier this season when we were in the midst of it all, ball security. I mean, three fumbles this year. uh, It it was an issue for him, and it's something that he's definitely going to need to clean up. Yeah, I for my the, the reason I have met five, uh, the the things that he lacks or needs to improve. I, I have vision that he's always going downhill, so we're aligned right there. It's like he is mm-hmm. always always pushing, and that that's where the pace comes in. It's it's nice to have that kind of guy where you know if you need two yards, he can get you those two yards. And then he can break it if if he can you know get through a tackle or, or find that hole. But uh, ball handling is what I have because he has a few pretty bad drops as well, in addition to the the few fumbles that he had on the season. So uh, and he got his job stolen. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Quinshawn I, I understand is is really good and 
it's not like an indictment directly on Zach Evans because he wasn't a starting running back on his team, but it means something. It means that he wasn't able to control the room, and but you know, Quinshawn Judkins is a special player, so uh, that that doesn't mean everything, but it it, it means something. Well, it, it is interesting just because when you look at the trajectory of Zach Evans, I mean, last year, one of the one of the reasons why we were so excited to watch him was just because he had 92 carries last year. He was, you know, kind of he wasn't controlling the TCU backfield either. And then he got hurt and then he comes to Ole Miss and we knew there was competition in the room. We didn't necessarily know it was in the form of a freshman, but Again, it's like you said, he's not seizing control of it. He was the one B to Quinchon by the end of the season. So, yeah, there you can put a little bit into that, and that's totally fair. What what keeps me holding on, and maybe it's maybe I'm just blinded by the athletic traits, which honestly is a very NFL thing to do. I mean, yeah. somebody's going to roll the dice on this guy because yeah. they think they can turn the ultra athlete with flashes of skill into a complete running back. Yes, he's a he can be an impatient runner and he's constantly running downhill, but he does have the flashes of really nice vision, of being able to kind of see the field. Maybe it's not always you know, letting things develop in front of him. But when he is in the open field, when he's in space, he can see the field really well. And it's just, it's something that I, I hope that he can continue to build on because that's really the last, that's really the last mark for him. If he can slow the game down for himself and use his traits more effectively and, you know, kind of vary up his speeds a little bit, this is a really special player. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And if you look at what he did this year, he was very productive in games where he was getting starter carries. If you look at the games where he's getting 17 or more carries, he's got 100 yards in every one of those games. And he's getting over six and a half yards per carry. So it's not like he can't be that guy. He definitely can, but it's just there There are concerns. So He's at five in a strong class. Yeah. It's not an indictment on him, again, but it is, you know, he's got a few negatives that these other guys for me don't have. Let, let me put it like this. you Like, if you put this guy in last year's class, he's, he's right around RB2-3. He's somewhere yeah. in there. Like, I'm hesitating to say that he would have been, like, my RB2, but he, I mean, he would have been very much in that conversation alongside of Brees and Ken. So, yeah, I have him at number four. That is, I have a, like, mid to high second grade on him. So, that tells you what you need to know. Um, All right, my number five running back is Devon A. Chain. And to be quite honest with you, I really, I had to think long and hard about whether or not I wanted to have this player higher on my list because he is, he's really special. He is a really special runner. He's, I mean, we, we, you know, the point of him being a track star, I mean, we, we beat that into the ground all season long. Like he's not just a track athlete. He has the long speed that is almost untouchable, but he's a complete running back. And that, I mean, you go back and you watch what happened this season. I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, he's got really, really great vision, uh, super elusive. He's not just a straight line athlete. He can make people miss with lateral ability, explosiveness. I mean, he's got a really, really nice profile. Unfortunately, I could not get myself to put him higher because of the size. And it's like, I understand that size isn't everything, but you're talking about a player here that doesn't really have an NFL comp when you talk about top-level rushers in the league. I mean, they have him listed at, 
It's just not going to work. So to me, it's he seems a little bit more situational than the guy anywhere, but man, he's just so talented that I can't like he, I have him at number five that, I mean, in this amazing draft class, an undersized player that doesn't necessarily have a very clear projection to being a, you know, a one a in a backfield. I still have him at number five. Cause I think he's that talented. I have a chain at seven. I I tried to change my mind on A-Chain because I've been kind of down on the Aggies in general, but I, I've been down on <laughs> <laughs> I've been down on I mean, A-Chain. Man, I, I just got to say, like, the quarterbacks that I was watching on his film, I mean, I was getting Max Duggan flashbacks, and I was like, <laughs> one of these guys is going to win the Heisman next year, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, so, so A-Chain, he... Man, the speed is just insane. And he, he can blow through that that line and, and get extra yards, but it, it's just the short yardage work is not great. The uh, I it, It's hard to find him breaking tackles. I mean, every once in a while he'll, you know, get through an arm tackle because he's just running fast, it feels like. It doesn't seem like he has – you talked about Zach Evans and his bag. I don't think A-Chain has a deep bag. I, I don't think there's a lot – like, uh, you just don't see him taking a guy out of his shoes. You don't see him putting his shoulder down. It feels like he is going to get his yards at no more, no less. And that's why I have him a little lower than uh, the cracking into this top five because it feels like at his size – the defender's going to win if he gets his hands on him. See, I I don't know, man. I thought I I I watched, let's see. I watched 3 games. Yeah. And I got several several bullets in here that are like making guys miss. I mean, he I like I totally I totally get it cuz a lot of times it is it's, you know, he's just fast. They're not. You can't get your hands on him because he's hitting the hole so fast that you. It's. It looks like a broken tackle, but it's really not. But I, the lateral ability, I think is it's almost underrated. Like he's such a fast runner that yeah. you. That's what you see. The highlights. You know, he's he's hitting a hole and he's gone and nobody can catch him and whatever, whatever. But then all of a sudden, there's just moments where he's. He's seeing the field really well. He's at the line of scrimmage. He's being patient. He diagnoses, and then he's in the hole. And you know, yeah, maybe a lot of times he's going to get wrapped up. But there, for me, there was enough times where he's kind of moving side to side. He's being a little shifty, and he's making guys kind of miss in the hole. And and I, I don't know. To, I no, I I I do. I feel you. So I guess the the what I mean is. In the open field and one-on-ones, it doesn't seem like he's yes. making guys miss. But when he's behind the line of scrimmage, I talked about pace with Zach Evans in the fact that he is downhill coming at you, a force overwhelming. A-Chain plays with a savviness, like that kind of a pace, where he is going to get to his spot, and the burst is so exceptional that as soon as he sees a crease – He's going, and that that's where this he benefits from being a complete player and not just a track guy, just a fast guy. You know, he he benefits from the fact that he can diagnose from behind the line of scrimmage, and that's where he earns his yards. Because if he was, if he didn't have this vision, if he didn't have the footwork and the lateral mobility, he would be getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. If he had the same vision as uh zach evans the the what zach evans showed this year a chain would not have been productive at all because if he's not breaking tackles and he's not finding the advantages from behind the line of scrimmage it it wouldn't work out but a chain is special at with his vision and setting up blocks and hitting the holes because he's still getting 
five, six yards of carry, even if he's not breaking tackles. So th- there is something there. I'm not trying to diminish him by saying, like, he's not winning his one-on-ones. I'm just saying, like, it, when it comes to those one-on-ones, it, that's what concerns me. Yeah, and, I, you know, this is going to be, I think, one of the more contested players in the draft. I think, I, I mean... The size is a real thing, man, and it's going to be a thing. I mean, you might have people that that watch his film and say, you know, it's just so good that I want to bet on this guy because he very well could be, a, you know, he, he could be higher on my list. I, I thought about it. I said that, but I also thought about putting him a little bit lower because there's guys below him that have the size that are extremely talented as well. So, yeah, I, I get it. This is going to be a player that's all over the board. And, yeah, I one interesting thing, something I pr- probably wouldn't have guessed, according to PFF, A-Chain had 1,100 yards rushing this year, 705 yards after contact. Yeah, I do see that. It's weird. It is weird. It's something that but, I wouldn't have expected either. And it seems like he got better as the season went on when it comes to yards after contact, if I'm looking at this chart correctly. And that's something, too, that I think as the season was progressing, all of a sudden we started talking about A-Chain more and more because yeah. he was getting better down the stretch for sure. So he, he also looked like he put on a little weight towards the end of the season. And I'm hoping that – first of all, I'm hoping that he can surprise people a little bit at the Combine, weigh in a little bit more than we're thinking, and maybe gets a little bit more – when he gets to the NFL, right. gets closer to that 200-pound mark, and then it becomes a little bit more feasible. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I just – I really – this guy is – the the speed alone is like it's going to be – he's going to be a combine superstar. People yeah. are going to be like, who is this guy? Right. Running 4-2-9? Hopefully he visits – the chiropractor before going to the the combine measures in after you know 510 puts on some weight and he's like 510 198 and that's like oh all right uh, all our make your money there it is (laughs) all right your number four running back i didn't think we would be here oh boy here we are uh kendra miller this is my number four. Yeah, let's I, go. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I didn't expect to get here. I I didn't love what I saw when I first watched him, but I mean, doing the deep dive and man, he is so good. <laughs> it is like so it, for to keep me on track. We we got lateral movement. I mean, we're talking about a chain. Kendrick Miller's similar in the the fact that he diagnoses behind the line of scrimmage and he bounces finds the creases finds the holes uh and his second gear i mean he gets through that line breaks a tackle and can go and it, the the thing that him and a chain to me are pretty similar players but i feel like the upside with miller is it feels like he breaks a lot of tackles and he he can get to that open space. He can win his one on ones, and yeah, I think he's a better ca- pass catcher too. I mean, they don't ask him to do it a lot, but it seems like when he's getting the ball in space, he can make a guy miss. I mean, I yeah, like I said, I didn't think we were gonna be here, but it's a good ball player, man. I don't know, dude. I I'm so happy. I'm so happy <laughs> that you did it. I didn't I didn't even have the gumption. <laughs> to, to do that. like i i love kendra miller like i after watching him like i so okay i have him right now at number eight mm-hmm. but it's like six to eight is like one tier it's like all those guys are like right in the same spot M- mine's the same way like for me, what kept me from smashing, putting him into the top five, was there was a little bit of I I didn't see the vision 
consistently that I wanted to see with him. Right. Because when it works, it's so good. Like he's he's a walking broken tackle. I I stand by my Aaron Jones comp. I I think it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, he's yeah. so shifty in the open field and he's so slippery. Like he's just so hard to bring down. And those are the kind of guys where you watch a lot of running backs and you just you see a lot of running backs getting tackled. And the ones that just always seem to get away, that always seem to make the first guy just disappear are the ones that you're kind of like, okay, this guy is is really nice. Kendra does that a lot. And he's got the speed to finish those runs. So you're talking about a player here where, he, like, this this is what I was going to do in this episode was, was come to the honorable mention section and be like, if there is one running back that I'm walking out of the draft with come dynasty draft season, it's Kendra Miller. Because yep. he's going to be a value pick. He's going to be buried behind this list of superstar running back prospects. But he has the upside that a lot of these guys do. Yep. Yeah. And the, the I'll go through my, my negatives, what kept him out of the top three, top two, whatever, the top tier. Uh, the short yardage stuff is bad. Yeah. I mean, he's it's just like he dances a little bit. He bounces outside too much for my liking. Uh, so when it comes to, you know, third and one and they need that yard, he can get stuffed. And that, that's what I'm worried about a little bit tonight with that stout Georgia defense is when he might they might not even be playing tonight, which is really sad. Enough. Yeah. So if he plays and, and they're putting him in short yard situations, uh, even if he doesn't, I mean, last week it, it was pretty bad. Uh, the Kansas state game didn't look great. I mean, he got stuffed on, I think a third and one and two goal to go situations where it's like, okay, this is a little concerning. Cause I mean, if you're going to be a three down back, you got to be able to, you know, hit pay dirt. And if you're going to be a valuable fantasy running back, you got to be able to score touchdowns, man. And them short yardage backs. I mean, yeah. how long has Ezekiel Elliott been living off of goal line touches because he knows how to operate on the goal line uh, that that can extend your, uh, career as a fantasy asset and as an NFL running back. So that that is the biggest concern for me is the short yardage. And then he does have a tendency to want to get outside so he can show off that, you know, break a DB's tackle and go. Yeah, there there's a little bit of there's a little bit of hesitation to his game. And that factors into the, you know, getting stuffed in the short situations. I mean, not every play needs to be the big play is kind yeah. of one of those things with Kendra. So, yeah, I mean, got stuff to work on, man. But, like, when I'm saying my number eight running back, I'm talking about a guy that was easily top five last year. Like, maybe I, – I'd have to go back and check. But, like, he, he might have been in the conversation for three for me last year with the grade I have on him right now. So, yeah. this is a great player. I'm glad you had him in there. Thank you. Um, all right. Where are we at? We're on number three. Number three. I'll give you my number three since yeah. you just went with Kendra. Yes. Zach Charbonnet. There it is. I mean, it, it, maybe it's not a surprise. You want to know, how... know a secret? This is my number three, too. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man. We talked about this guy all year. People get sick of hearing about Charbonnet every single week, like talk about Blake Corum, talk about somebody else. But Zach Charbonnet stole the show this year. And when I go back and watch what happened, I mean, it was real. It was real. Every single, you know, all the times we came, like, oh, my God, he's a whole, he's reinvented his game. He's a, he looks like a different player this year. It was all real. And I mean, Zach Evans was my guy, like all through the process, Zach separated himself. The other Zach separated himself. This is a new tier for me. This started a new tier for me, splitting off from number four. Charbonnet was ahead of the pack. Uh, I mean, what, what can you say? Yards after contact monster, Jesus, like just an absolute machine. 
Like, and we talked about it too, how this year was a lot of, it wasn't a lot of putting the shoulder into people. Obviously that was still there and you got him running through the hole and you got bodies hanging off of him and he's still moving. More often than not, he's coming out of piles standing up. You got defenders around his feet and he's still standing when the whistle's blown. But then the explosiveness. I mean, like you get this guy into the open field, a, a player this size should not be able to move like he does. It's just not, it's a rare trait for him to have that much power in his game and then to be able to counter that with a, a one cut in the open field and leave a guy in the dust. It's, it's unbelievable. Top it off the fact that he is a very impressive pass catcher. I mean, he is very, he was very involved. It was not, you know, it wasn't always just rinky dink little screens. He was getting out. He was running, he was running real routes. He was pass blocking. I mean, he was a real weapon on third down. This is a complete three down player for me. And he's, I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. You stole all of my bullet points. Thanks for that. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we had a conversation yesterday. I don't know if you're ready for us to launch it, but I'm going to launch it. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is who we think A.J. Dillon is. Who who, who A.J. Dillon's supporters think A.J. Dillon is. It is a strong running back that breaks tackles, that moves piles, that can catch passes, that can make people miss in the open field. It is it is this complete running back that is a little too nimble for how big he is. Because the the way how light Charbonnet is on his feet, you you, you mention it, it's like, yeah, this this isn't quite right. Like the, this feels like there should be like what's the catch here? And I've been waiting to see the catch all year. And the only thing I could mention is the O line was really good. They were like dominant moving guys off the line of scrimmage. And that's not that doesn't take anything away from Charbonnet, but it seemed like a lot of times yeah, I don't it, I don't know if you can call it slow processing, but it he waits back there and just waits for something to develop and I mean you're not going to have the opportunity to do that in an NFL team. It just generally unless you're playing with the 2015 Steelers and you can sit behind the whole line and wait, but I th- that led him to be a little too cute sometimes, but I had 90% of the time, 95% of the time it's just churning yards, making people miss, just producing highlight after highlight. Uh, yeah, easily my RB3. Yeah, he. I mean, he can get a little cute sometimes. He can, he, he can lose his balance once in a while. He tries to do a little bit too much. He's running a little top heavy, and it. You know, he tries to make that cut that he just can't make. Loses his balance. That showed up a few times for me. The long speeds, I mean, it's a question mark. I'm not super worried about it. Like, he's just, he's not a burner, and he doesn't need to be. But it's going to be something that, you know, he, when compared to the top two players, he, I mean, they just blow him out of the water in terms of being home run hitters that have a lot of the same things that I like about Charbonnet. But nobody has, nobody in this class has, the the powers and elusiveness combination that Charbonnet has. Nobody. I mean, I think there's one. I think there's one that is just an unbelievable world class explosive athlete that also has some power to his game, and then there's a guy that can take eleven players with him. <laughs> And also make a jump cut on the back end. I mean, I don't know, man. He, no, no, it, I know. It's crazy. It's it crazy is. what he can do. I think it, there he he has an opportunity to. I think he has one of the highest floors in the class. I think yeah. he has an opportunity to have a very long career as a running back. I mean, I said Nick Chubb is a joke early in the season. It feels kind of Nick Chubb ish. He doesn't have the speed of Nick Chubb, but it feels like there's a lot to his game that is the the power and then like oh he's a little more elusive than i thought he was yeah i i actually i vibe with that and he's a pass catcher which yeah. nick yeah. chubb isn't so 
I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It's, <laughs> oh man, I, Charbonnet, man, he's. Yeah. So our I three, two, ones are going to be the same. Is what yep. it feels like. That's exactly what it's going to be because number two, Jameer Gibbs. Pass catching weapon. I mean, he's just, he's an absolute weapon in the passing game. I mean, nobody in this class does what he can do in the passing game. It's it's more than just a threat out of the backfield. I mean, you can line this guy up all over the field and he can make plays. I mean, I'm, I'm watching him run like a crisp slant route out of the slot and like stuff like that. He's a matchup nightmare in that regard. Now, as a runner, that was one of the things. We knew he could catch passes. We knew he was really good at doing that. What we wanted to see coming out of Georgia Tech and in you know being at Alabama was growth as a runner. And we saw it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the guy has great vision. He sees the field really well as a runner. And he has exceptional athleticism. The acceleration is top-notch. I mean, when he sees the hole, he will hit it, and he will be gone in the blink of an eye, and and that's just it. So that lethal combination of being an exceptional one-cut runner with speed and burst and also being a weapon on third down, he's a fantasy, he's a fantasy superstar in the making. I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to be the name that you hear. I don't think it's far off. I don't either. And the the thing that comes to mind when I think of Kamara is the balance, the contact balance. Gibbs has it. Gibbs has incredible footwork. Uh, like you said, he he has that next gear where if he's hitting the hole or if he gets to the outside, I mean, you can kiss him goodbye because he can go. And uh, – the the pass catching like you said is special it's like he's another receiver on the field it's legitimate it's similar to Austin Eckler where you can put him in the slot you can swing him out of the backfield I mean he could get seven eight catches a game and it it would be good like that's a smart thing to do so uh, there, there's a lot of things that impressed me in the run game because I was a, a little lukewarm on Jameer Gibbs all year because uh, he wasn't putting the games together in totality that I wanted him to. But you go back and you watch it, and it's like, man, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, this this guy, I, he can he can play. He was easily far and away the best skill player on Alabama this year. It, it yeah. I mean unless you count Bryce Young, but outside of Bryce Young, it, it was Jameer Gibbs and nobody was close. So if teams are game planned against him and he's still doing this kind of stuff, it, that's crazy, crazy stuff. Right. And there's one play, I mean, in the Texas game, he catches a touchdown from Bryce Young, but it was, it was one of those broken plays. Bryce is scrambling Gibbs just has the instincts too, where it's like he he sees Bryce and he moves himself to the to the right place. He he gets himself away from the defender. He gets himself into space in traffic. Bryce sees him. He helps out his quarterback for a touchdown. Having that instinct as a running back in in a on a broken pass play to find that open space to settle in and to wait. I mean, like it. He's he's such a great asset in the as a pass catcher. Now, as a pass blocker, that's a different story. Yeah, it's a very different story. So there's a, there's a reason Jace McClellan played so much. Yeah, it's it's definitely an issue. Yeah. I mean, it time and time again, man. It was. I mean, it, he wasn't he wasn't making good reads. He wasn't making good blocks when he made the read. I mean. For a guy who's going to be in this sort of a role, you got to hope that he can clean this up a little bit where he's not just an absolute liability. Yeah. Cuz that's what he that's what he was this year. He was an absolute liability. Yep, if he wasn't going out on a route, it's like it's almost like 
he had the mentality of like, oh, you're going to keep me in the pass block? Okay. Yeah. Like, get me out on a route. It, we're passing the ball. And that's a that's problematic. Outside of that, I mean, lacks a little bit of power. Yeah. The, the short yardage is where I came. It's like I didn't love what he did in between the tackles and short yardage. Uh, but he had a play against Tennessee that was in, on the goal line where he caught, I think it was, it was like a toss, like a pitch, something like that. And he kind of hurtled over a guy's hands and then was like level with a defender and just turned on the jets and it was gone. So that, that's, that's a kind of thing you like to see, but between the tackles, it's a little iffy. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, I mean, his explosiveness and his athleticism just it, it I don't necessarily care like it, it more than makes up for the lack of power in his game but it's yeah like you said I mean between the tackle stuff definitely not his forte and man the pass blocking I just I have that so many times and, yeah um all right take it away Give me number one. All right. Let's get to, you know, we've had the appetizers uh, and, and you know, the fajita place coming out. It's sizzling. Everybody's looking at it. <laughs> set it down on the table. We got B. John Robinson. I mean, what 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 do we even say at this point? I, I mean, he's been Mr. 101 all year for a reason. The, the, the guy has the complete package. I mean, the the burst, the change of direction the footwork, the open field, winning one-on-ones, uh, the pass catching. I mean, he, he's improved as a pass blocker. He uh, I, he looks cool. I mean, number five, what are we talking about? <laughs> he's got his own line of mustard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's not a lot I can say that we haven't already said, but Bijan is one of the best running backs I've seen, and he's one of the best college running backs of all time, maybe. I don't know. I, there's just – he's got the total package. He's got the power. This is – you know, he says Zach Charbonnet has the best combination of power and elusiveness in the class. I think Bijan does. Uh, he doesn't show it very much. He doesn't put the shoulder into somebody, but when he does, it's like, yeah, you're coming with me for another three, four yards. And – I think him as a three down back in the NFL is a lock. I mean, that this is the lock of all locks. Yeah. It's I mean, lock it in, man. Like it's, it's not a surprise. Like, I mean, this is, this has been, will be the, the one one in all rookie drafts next year. He's a generation. I'm, I'm saying it. He's a generational running back talent. There it is. Take a drink because I mean, He's a world class, world class athlete at the running back position. I mean, it's it's Saquon esque. It is. It just is. His change of direction, his explosiveness, it's untouchable. Nobody else in college came close to this. It's uncanny the way it's he a- sticks the foot in the ground and is just going the other way, top speed. Right, and that's the thing. It's not. It's not always the sexy runs. Those are fine. Those are awesome. But it's it's the short yarded stuff where he is able to plan his foot and just drive across the field in an instant and make a guy miss in a, in short areas. I mean, inside of a hole behind the line of scrimmage and to turn that play consistently into five yards or more is just, I mean, it's untouchable. And I mean... You, you won't find players like this often. The way he sifts through garbage is nuts. Like, the, the yeah. you, you were just saying, it's like behind the lines. He's just sitting there, and it's making, like, four guys a miss to get three yards. But it's, like, the the cleanest, dirty yards there are. Like, you, you see people carrying people for three yards, and it's like, man, that looked hard. And it's like, Bijan, it's like... Boom, let me stick my foot in the ground. Oh, no, there's a guy there. Let me kind of slide this way. and Let me kind of jump over this arm tackle and then it fall forward. It's, man. Ugh. 
And so much of that is just instinct. I mean, he just has the instincts to pull that stuff off in a millisecond. I mean, you just, that's not, I mean, that's just not like teachable. Like you just have that and, and he has it and he has the athleticism to pull it off every time, whatever he wants to do, he can do it. His body can do it. His mind is there. His body's there. It's all working for him and he's going to be, I mean, He's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL very quickly. I mean, Saquon was RB1 as a rookie. Depending on where Bijan ends up, it's in the cards. It's absolutely in the cards. Yeah, it's definitely – it's right there where he can walk in and command a backfield. And I'll I'll tell you my negatives because yeah. I tried to get three negatives for every player. So tries to take a home run swing. Every once in a while, doesn't work out. Gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage because he's hunting. Uh, mustard, too expensive. <laughs> Can't get it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and there's a little bit of the John ja Morant, Derrick Rose effect where you watch him and it's a little scary because he's doing things that you just don't really see that you know can be dangerous. It's like, yeah. oh, man, that cut is really hard putting a lot of stress on your knees, man. It's a fair point because we've seen it happen with Saquon. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a fact of nature that the body just isn't supposed to move in the ways that those guys can do that, that they can make it happen. I mean, it's like, so, yes. I mean, obviously, you can't project anything like that. No, but no. it's, you know, yeah, it, it's there. Uh, you mentioned pass pro. I mean, it, he was he was definitely improved this year, hundred yeah, percent improved. Not <laughs> it's not great, but it was improved, which is whole. It, that's encouraging when you see a guy, especially a player like this, right. who doesn't need that. He doesn't need to have pass pro, but when you see him get better, that's that's a good sign for me. I think he can continue to grow that area of his game. And yeah, that, I mean, that was honestly really all I had on him. Just clean that up, become a complete, no doubt, three down back, stay in and block, go out on a pass. He can do that. I mean, he's dynasty RB one. Okay. So just, just for the sake of conversation, what team do you want him on? Just hypothetically, you know, dream scenario. Realistically, I guess. Like top I mean, twenty pick, I'd say. Let me pull up the draft order. Yeah, because, I mean, I I am still convinced that he is going to go higher than anybody wants to say right now, because yeah. we just assume in this day and age that running backs don't get drafted high anymore. Well, I with, with the receiver class in the position it's in, I feel like we're going to see cuz like this the the receivers usually go off the board around 10. And I don't there's maybe two three receivers that are worth that maybe. Uh so I I think you could see him go pretty high. And I, I mean like guy somebody like Najee went like 24. So right. you think about that and he's not half the prospect that Bijan is. That's what I'm saying. I think it starts in the top 10 like a lot of these teams, like, okay, let's say, um, let's just start at seven, the Raiders. Like, sure, the Raiders could take Bijan. I don't think they will. Same could be said for the Falcons. Somehow Tyler Algier is, like, actually not a bad player. They have plenty of other needs. Philadelphia at 10 is really interesting, and it's a spot that – would be incredible yeah i mean put him into that offense as just another weapon and i mean miles sanders is on the way out the eagles have this pick from the saints they don't need it Bijan, 10th overall boom that'd be nice i'd like that a lot other than that i mean let's see here scrolling down See, I already feel like I'm too low, and I don't love a lot of the teams in the middle, like from 13 to... Yeah, like the Patriots, I mean, they don't have... I don't think they're spending premium capital on a running back. They're at 14. 
Jets, they just got Brees. They spent capital on Michael Carter. They're not going to take Brees, or they're not going to take Bijan. Texans, they might. They I could. I, I wouldn't be, like, shocked if they did. Uh, Titans at 11, I mean, doubt it. Yeah, Eagles at 10 feels like the sweet spot. It just, yeah, it makes sense. It just but makes the a pan- lot of sense. The Panthers at 9 could do it. See, like, what a, the problem that I have with, like, all those teams, like Panthers, Raiders, I mean. It, they all should trade into one. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. That, and if not, I mean, there are just, there's there's a lot of great players at the top of this draft. And I mean, Bijan, yeah. when it's said and done, might be, like, a top three graded player in the draft class for me. But, like, these are teams that aren't a running back away type of a thing. So. Yeah. So the Eagles at ten is is looking like the one. I like it. I like I it like a lot. It. And and if that doesn't happen, I feel like there's a trade that gets made. Fair. Somebody, Packers at fifteen. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, it's rolling. I'll <laughs> make that pick. Hey, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going to be mad about it <laughs> if it happens. All right. That's the top five running backs in January. We are pre-combine. Everything is still sort of sorting itself out, but I feel, I mean, pretty pretty close to summer. I mean, for me, it was the it was the same names in a different order. And we got Kendra Miller for you making a making an appearance. So exciting. I mean, it's it's deep as hell. It's fun as hell. These guys are really entertaining players, really fun players to watch. Outside of the top five, we've already talked about a few of these that have you know made one another's lists. But you, with these other running backs, anybody stand out? Names that you really like? Your Kendra Miller, guy that you want to get in the late second? Yeah, so... I mean, Sean Tucker is obviously – he's one that we didn't mention. Uh, is he a Banacanda, man? I love that player. He He's my eighth-ranked running back, but I, I like him a lot. And uh, I think Tank is worth mentioning. Uh, he's, he's my number nine. He has his flaws, but, I mean, he's just a strong running back. And he's – I'm just like – in another draft class, how would I feel about this running back is kind of how I feel about a lot of these guys. And Tank is one of those guys where it's like, yeah, if he came out last year or he came out two years ago, like you could be having a different conversation. But, uh, yeah, uh, Sean Tucker is my number six. I didn't mention that. Uh, he barely missed the top five. But, yeah, those, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, a lot of the same names here. I mean, I, I have – tank and sean tucker tied right now and they are six and seven i gave tank the tiebreaker for six because he's got the cool name yeah right uh really really surprised by tank bigsby i thought he had a really like it's almost one of those things where we've heard this name for a while now and he's not like a sexy player but he's just really good yeah he's just a player that like I would love to have on my team. Like yep. feels like uh, feels like an NFL starting caliber running back to me. Um already talked about Kendra. Have him at eight. I mean, this tier for me from like honestly from four to eight is like pretty close. Uh with all these guys. Then it drops off, but I gotta give a shout out to my guy Deuce Vaughn. Mm. Number he's my number nine running back. I mean the the grading scale for me with with a guy like Deuce like started at an eight, which would be like a uh like a third third round grade because of the size, and I gave him seven point nine, mm. like he, he maxed it out for me like based on the limitations of your size and what I would expect your role to be you are you are the best player you can be given what you are. <laughs> That's yeah. how I feel about Deuce Vaughn. And I think he's going to have a pass-catching role in the NFL. He does everything right. Like, yeah. uh, there, are, there are very few flaws in Vaughn's game uh, outside of he's a little guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> like that that's a about where my my Chris but he's very small. Like it's not like a chain where it's like yeah no he's undersized. It's like yeah this guy is very little, but he's a, a excellent ball player. Super fun. Super fun guy. I mean if you're playing PPR, yeah. R- roll the dice on him. I I think he can I think he can carve out a pass catching role in the NFL and be fantasy relevant doing it. So why do you hate uh, Banacanda? Man, I I am not going to lie to you. I I was not a fan of Izzy, watching him in detail. Stiff-hipped, upright runner, yep. very, very impressive straight-line athlete, not much else going on for him. I'm worried it caps him a little bit. I get it. I mean, he's my. It's not. He's my eight. It's not like I have him. I have him at number ten. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're not that I mean, different. But yeah, like you know. But that. But that's the thing that you were talking about. We're talking about guys ten deep. Last right. year, it's like who cares? Who cares who te- who number ten running back is? This year, it matters. It feels like it actually matters. Like I got guys that I haven't even watched yet. That I mean, they they could factor into these late you know, in this nine to 12 tier. And those might be guys that you're keeping an eye on. Like, where are they going to go? Like what, watch out for the landing spot. Cause then you're like, wait a minute. I mean, if Tyler Algier can do what he did this year, I, there's guys in this class that can, in the right situation can do something in the NFL. Just saying. Yeah. What, what kept Sean Tucker out of your top five? Let me see here. Let me let me take a look. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you while you while you pull it up because I I love the talent that Tucker has, but there are a lot of bad habits that it seems like he has. Where he it feels like when he takes the ball, he is parallel with the line of scrimmage, and he kind of he takes like a hop step before he gets going. And they have a hor- they had a horrible interior O line. Yeah. So uh, he is diagnosing while he's getting the handoff and having to make a move, which is not good. I mean, <laughs> but we we wanted to see a uh, kind of evolution from Tucker, and I don't know if we really saw him become a different player than he was last year. That's really what it was for me as well. I mean, a lot of the same thing. I mean, I, he regressed statistically this season by uh, like just under 500 yards. So, I mean, stats are one thing, but you turn on the 2022 film on Tucker, it's not it's not that thrilling. And I mean, that's not a, you know, I'm not saying that I was like yawning and that's why Sean Tucker is my number 7 running back. Uh, but I mean, like you said, their interior was pretty bad. I could honestly see a situation and I have Tucker graded pretty highly. I mean, he, he got a, uh, nice second round grade for me, like a firm second rounder. I could see him just being a better player in the NFL. I think his, I think his skills translate really well to the NFL Almost like, and I'm I'm very hesitant to say this, but like a guy like AJ Dillon, who got drafted in the second round, and I I could see a similar thing with Tucker, where it's a lot of hard carries, it's a lot of pounding your head into a wall, but he has athleticism that will get him drafted higher than what maybe it's the the tape suggests that he will. Yeah, so I, I I think I agree with that. It, it seems like you were talking about it with Zach Evans, where the athletic traits will boost the draft stock a certain amount, and I think Tucker is a similar way, where he has all of the the tools that you would want out of a running back. It just needs to get cleaned up. Yeah, that's yeah, I hundred percent agree. The good news is, all of these guys that we're talking about are not bad. Yeah, seriously. So if you don't get Bijan Robinson this year, don't feel too bad. Well, feel a little bit bad about that. I feel kind of bad. If you, if you don't get Jameer Gibbs, then don't feel too bad because, I mean, there are guys, like we're talking here, we're, t- we're, we're dissecting 
the eighth running back in the class. It doesn't happen often. I mean, these guys, like I said, I got third round grades on eight of these guys. Really, really fun class. And I, I mean, dynasty draft wise, you're sitting in the third round. You're going to have a shot at some of these players. And that's, that's fun because landing spots, obviously going to play a factor in this as with the combine and all of that. We're not quite there yet, but I would feel pretty encouraged as a team that needs a running back, even if I don't have a first-round pick. I I feel like you can get a startable running back outside of the first round this year. So the real question is, uh, how much does landing spot actually matter? How much does it move a player? Because this I think I'm going to call this the, the Clyde effect. Because that was the the moment where it was like, oh, Clyde's 101 now because he went to the Chiefs. Are, is there a situation where uh, Zach Evans, who's your four, my five, if he gets drafted by the Dolphins in the second round, does he immediately become the RB2 be, just because he's in the right situation? Um, let me put it like this. I think it matters when you're when you're talking about like tiebreakers. I'm not going to shoot a guy up my board like significantly because of a landing spot. Like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing was like you're talking about a player that like jumped several positions, like several running back positions. In some cases all the way up to the top running back past Jonathan Taylor that's that's not a good that's not a recipe for success in my opinion and I don't blame people for the Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing being in the Chiefs offense and all that but like at the end of the day man talent still matters quite a bit and I would I would be more willing to bet on a player that I think has superior talent in a questionable landing spot than I would the the reverse of that a questionable talent in a good landing spot. One thing I will say though, it definitely matters with later picks because a guy like Tyler Algier, who I keep coming back to, but I mean, it's because he had an amazing season, amazing season from Tyler Algier, quietest thousand yards as a rookie season ever. Nobody's talking about this guy in dynasty community. Really not even at all. And I think it's a player that was cheap in drafts and he was in a really favorable position with Atlanta with not a ton ahead of him. You know, Coral Patterson is what he is and you see what happens and it can be, it can be a major lottery ticket winner in the later rounds. So that's where landing spot really means something to me is when you start get out of the top, the upper echelon of talent then it's like, okay, who am I going to draft? That's where my number nine running back could become my number six running back pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty wise way to go about it is when you're getting to the you know, third, fourth round and then you start to look at competition in the backfield and not when you're talking about first, second round talents and you're talking, oh, well, Jameer Gibbs, you know, uh, he's in a running back by committee. It's like, well... We'll right. see. You know, the, the, by the end of the year, usually those guys end exactly. up rising to the top. The cream rises to the top. If they have the talent, they're going to win the job. It's just that simple. So, oh, man. That's exciting. Yep. That's exciting to talk about those guys. I mean, man, it's been a it's been a long journey from the summer talking about those players. I mean, we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about these running backs during the season, but – like I've like I said all season long, it really comes out when you get into it. When you look at the body of work in one sitting, and what does it look like? The picture starts to get a little bit more clear. So that is where we are headed. Uh, we will continue along this journey next week with the wide receivers who are maybe not quite as top heavy, top heavy, but lot of names lot of names to talk about next week absolutely i'm excited i, I get to talk about a few of our guys i think 
we're starting to underrate the receivers a little bit too much. I, I think the class is better than it's getting credit for. Yeah. Top end, definitely questionable. Mid, like second, third round guys, I think there are some gems in there for sure. And we will be back to talk all about it next week. Uh, until that point, follow along with Camp Dynasty at Camp underscore Dynasty on Twitter and at Camp Dynasty on TikTok. Follow along with us every week. We are dropping new episodes from now until Christmas. So stay plugged in, turn the notifications on, give us a five star rating on whichever platform you choose to listen. And with all of that, it's time to go watch the national championship game. Yeah, TCU's and, getting dog walked right now. Are they? All yeah, right, it's not well, going great. Uh, that didn't we, take long. 108 days till the NFL draft, by the way. Yeah, sick. Getting close. Uh, it's 24 to seven. Georgia's up with four minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, predictable, but yeah. all right. Well, thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and have a great week.